0: do to start the year right and be a brand new version of ourselves. That's what we'll talk about today. The first step towards getting somewhere is to decide you're not going to stay where you are, J.P. Morgan. Today we're going to talk about the book, A Whole New You, Six Steps to Ignite Change for Your Best Life by Brett Blumenthal. When doing some research about Brett Blumenthal, I found out she is a really great artist and mostly does art. But she also writes a series of books, Small Changes, 52 Small Changes for the Family, 52 Small Changes for the Mind, 52 Small Changes. I read that one. And The Whole New You. Many you know how much I like small. So this book sounded right up our alley. As a spoiler alert, she says, essentially, when we make many changes in our lives, it eventually ends in a reinvention of ourselves. So we can do great things with small changes. She said there's circumstances where change is tossed at us. We don't have a choice. And she gives some examples about those changes. She said that at some point, maybe we might decide we're not happy with our lives, that we got ourselves stuck in a rut. Maybe we don't like our job. Maybe we don't like where we live. Maybe we just don't like some habit we're doing. And so we just wish that we could change. Or leave the thing we don't like. Or move to something. And she said this kind of change is very natural. Because we have a set of circumstances. And so now we are in a set position to change our lives. Then she talks about transitions. And those might be things like you graduated. You did move to a new town. Maybe you did get a new job. Right now, I'm looking at my life all over again because I have a new job. My work schedule is different. My outlook on life is a little bit different too. And so now I'm changing up how I live every day of my life. But because I had a transition, or maybe because you graduated from college, you have a transition, or you just got married. Those natural transitions speak to why we want to do something new and maybe have some what she calls reinventions, even small things. I think when we see a brand new year, you go from this year to the next year transition. Or maybe we just got a new car, and now we're able to do things in our new car that we couldn't do in our old car. I mean, these transitions could be something more interesting than just a life change, or at least more different. And then she said the last type of reinvention that we may experience is when something happens as a loss, and we maybe lose our jobs, maybe we lose someone in our lives, and it forces us to do something new. That one's a hard one, I think, because you're not only realizing you have to do something else, but you have to realize that you have to do it in the midst of all this personal pain. When I read the Alison Carmen book, she talks about changing her own life because she ended up shockingly getting a divorce. And so suddenly her life did have to change. Her income had to change, where she was living had to change. And so it was a lot of change forced upon her at the midst of a time where she was not feeling particularly great about things. The one nice thing about this book is that she invokes a lot of other books in here. Some that I've read before, like The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Fantastic book. Maybe we'll talk about that one some other time. But the idea is that we need to, first of all, get things into routines. We talked about the book Tiny Habits. She also talked about one of my favorite books, which is Switch by Chip and Dan He. That's where we have these two creatures inside of us, which has the rational rider who wants to know where you're going, what's going to happen when you get there, and then the elephant, which is emotional, scared, motivated by all sorts of different things. Look, there's food over there. Oh, no, that looks scary. And so you also have to calm down the emotional side of the elephant. In order to make change, both the intellectual part has to go with the emotional part. That's a fantastic book. But I talked about that book in episode six all the way back on October 19th, 2020. But she will, throughout this entire book, cover other books, which I thought made this as a good resource when you're looking for other books to read along the way. So if you think this is your specific problem, she has a book in place so that you can find another resource. But she said that when we have the emotional side and the rational side, We have to appeal to both of them and calm the fears of both of them. Again, the rational side wants to know the details and the emotional side wants to be calmed down. She creates a path that she calls it your path to personal reinvention. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Like I said, I think if you want more details, you want to know what book she recommends. This is a great book in order to figure out what steps you need to take in order to make yourself better. But she also suggests that you capture things into journal. A journal will help you keep track if you're doing better. Maybe you're succeeding and you don't even remember it. You know, sometimes that's my problem, too, is I work on a project and I forget how far I came until I look back at pictures. If I look back at a journal, wow, I really have come pretty far and a pretty short period of time. The journal helps keep me in line with what's really happening. She says, too, it can help us express what our emotions are. It helps us slow down a little bit and think more deeply about it. She also says that it'll make us see things better, because if we know we're going to journal something, and I know this is true for me, too, then I pay more attention to what's going on, maybe more attention to how I'm feeling, which I already acknowledge I'm not very good at because I'm going to want to write this down. And then there's accountability in place. If I'm going to exercise every day and I'm going to write that down in my journal, Well, if I don't do exercise that day, I have nothing to write in my journal. So she really likes it and she has free download templates from Amazon downloads that you can get as part of the book because you bought the book. So I thought that was really nice because these templates are things that you could probably buy, a journal that you could get, but she just gives them to you so that you can follow along in her plan. So she said the first step we have to take is notice when things are changing. And that means we're going to have to look for signs that things are changing. And then when we're thinking about what it is we have to change, we'll have to look at the signs that we need to change something. And she says some of those things might be we're we're not getting paid enough. We're working too many hours. Or if it's health issues, we're chugging up the stairs. We're struggling to walk around the block or, you know, certain things. Or maybe we're lonely, you know, if we have social issues that we're not getting out and meeting people enough. So we have to identify along those scales, what is going on right now? Why is it we want to change what it is that's going on? And so she feels that at that point, data is the most important thing. Data has to help us understand what's going on. So it's not just good enough to say, I feel tired. Maybe you journal for a little bit, recording how you feel throughout the day and you'll start seeing, wow, I feel tired a lot. Or you might look at a scale and say, hmm, I am putting on weight. Or it may even be, I'm so stressed out. I'm not even sleeping very well. So data she feels is the most important thing to record, look at when we're looking at types of changes we want to make. And then she wants us to identify when. An issue is a constant thing, or if it's something that's just special for a short term. For example, if I'm exhausted and I can't walk up the stairs very well, is that because I slept horribly for the last couple of weeks? Maybe I was sick and now I'm kind of recovering, or is this something that always happens? This has been happening for the last year. So she's right about that because when you think about the solutions you're going to have, they change whether or not this is a short term problem. Or this is a long-term problem. Think about, I'm exhausted at the end of every day. Well, if you're not sleeping, if you're overextending yourself at work, but this is really just short-term because you have a project at work and it's gonna go away, maybe what we need to do is less drastic because it's just situational. It's happening right now. I think that's a good point she brings out. And then she wants us to identify whether these signs we're having are emotional signs Or physical signs? And she says sometimes the two can overlap. You know, if we're feeling exhausted, it could mean because we're also emotionally exhausted, it can affect how we physically feel. But splitting things into those two buckets is important. And she gives the example that if we are stressed out and upset, that's an emotional sign. But if we're exhausted and we're feeling like we can't sleep at night because we just have our brain chugging away at some problem, that's a physical sign, but the two go together. So she likes to put things in those two buckets. Because again, I think too, the solutions we might have will be different based on whether we're having physical manifestations of problems or emotional manifestations of problems. I think that's a good sight. She says that to start with, you're going to have to figure out why you want to change. What are your motivations? We talked in the past about the five whys. I want to lose weight. Why? Because I want to feel better. Why? Because when I go up the stairs, I'm just exhausted by the time I get to the top. Why? Because I'm really out of shape and I don't exercise enough. And if you keep going down that line, you'll eventually get to the nut of the problem. You'll find figure out what exactly is going on. So figuring out your whys, which she calls your motivations, that's going to be important. Then she wants you to take a look at these signs too. We talked about looking at whether they're emotional or physical, they're situational, or they're all the time. But is this something that just started? Is this something that happens from time to time? If you make a very simple change, do you think it may just go away? Or with the things that you're writing down, how much, how strong are the signs that you're seeing in your life that change is needed? She says, too, we have to have a very strong sense of what makes us tick. You know, that's why they always talk about, the values talk. Because, again, I can sit there and change my job. So I don't like my job. I'm going to change my job. And then I go get another job that I don't like, maybe because it's outside of my values. I have the value of wanting to serve others. But if I keep getting jobs where I'm not serving others, then maybe I'm unhappy about that. So when we align our goals with what our values are, We'll do better at making the decisions. We'll be happier when we get what we want. And that's where I maybe struggle just a little bit because I do have values and I'm pretty aware of them. But sometimes I think, well, I want to lose weight. What value is that? Is that part of my values? And then I find it hard to connect. And you could say that I will get my goals, my dreams in life done better if I lose weight, I feel better. You know, and I also know that God created my body and that I'm honoring this gift of my body by losing weight and taking care of it, you know, tying it back in. So I know that that's something that's important to do because without your goals being tied to your values, you'll struggle a little bit. The next part is, is of course, figuring out what your strengths and weaknesses are. What? When do you feel at your best? When are you most productive? What can you do that you just are really good at doing it. And then again, you're going to come up with the weaknesses. What am I not very good at? Where do I struggle with that? So for example, I haven't struggled in a while getting my exercise and I'm actually doing pretty well with that. But I'm also now struggling with managing my eating. So one is a strength. I'm doing well on accountability with my exercise. I have a gym trainer who helps me with that. I train with a friend and she keeps me going too. But what about the eating? That's a real weakness for me. I'm not being as diligent about the food that's going in my mouth compared to the exercise. So then, when you look at your weaknesses and your strengths, you need to figure out whether or not you have the ability to control the situations. Can I control what I eat? Now, maybe if you are a parent and you have five children and they all want to eat different things and there's just a ton of food around the house, it's going to be harder for you to control things. So you'll have to analyze how much control you'll have. Then she wants you to review how many fears you've conquered. When have you overcome something that was really putting you down, making you afraid, or when you overcame something that was difficult for you? Because that will show you the path. I believe that step, that how you do one thing is how you do everything. So if I look back and say, I hated exercise, but now I'm doing it, what worked? You know what worked? Having accountability from my trainer, Heather, and having my friend. That helps me have accountability. What hasn't worked for me on eating is, well, I guess the point of it is, I don't have accountability there. So it's not a fear per se. I don't have any fears associated with what's holding me back. But if you do, maybe you want to get a new job and that fear of, Getting a new job is what's making you struggle. That could be an indicator that that's what you need to tackle. And then she wants you to find your passions. What do you just love doing? You know, there's some things I'm good at. I'm great at data entry, but I hate it. There are things I love doing. What are those things you love doing? Because if you can tie activity to what you love, you'll do it without any sort of struggle at all. So when it comes to exercise, I love hiking. I love being in nature. So getting me to go out and go hiking isn't much of a struggle. Getting me on an exercise bike inside my house in winter, mm, that's the problem. And then she wants you to learn from how you failed. So sometimes when you tried something and it hasn't worked, now we want to analyze it. You want to figure out what it is that went wrong. And then she says this is an important part too, is forgive and let go of it. If you tried to lose weight in the past, now I did lose weight in the past, I put it back on. Why did I put it back on? I screwed up both tendons in both ankles and I was laid up for nearly oh, probably two, three years where I couldn't do much. And so I felt in despair. I ate a lot. I watched a lot of TV. What went wrong? But I think her point is right. I need to let go of that. Forgive myself for doing that. It always bugs me because I was there. I lost all the weight. I was cranking through Pretty significant hikes and doing some pretty amazing adventures. And then I couldn't. It's hard. It's hard to get over when you know that you were this close to getting what you wanted and then you screwed it up. But letting go and forgiving yourself, that's good advice. And then she wants you to go back and sort of evaluate other experiences, like maybe situations where your parents treated you in a way or siblings or you had some sort of traumatic experience. Those two can play into it. I mentioned that in a past episode of maybe three, four episodes ago, where I talked about how I have trouble with money, but I also know that I had someone who took my money. And so that plays into some of my money anxiety and savings anxiety that I have. So she's right that sometimes if you have something related to what you are going through, it can cause, I don't know, hurdles in what you're doing. So if you got fired from a job once because you had this great idea and you worked on it and it didn't work out, now you're maybe going to be afraid to try new things. So she's right. Sometimes evaluating those past issues can help us. So we're going to end the podcast here and we'll continue next week talking about now that we've identified some of the base work that we have to do in order to have the brand new us. What we'll do is we're going to look at how we get there and how we start acting on it. So my challenge to you, I want you to take a look at what you want. And then I want you to take a look at your values and see if you can tie them together. Are some of the goals that you want involved in the values you have? And try to think deeply about those connections. Is there something deeper in you that makes you want to have these goals? All right, everyone, thanks so much. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. Let you know that I have a brand new podcast. It is called The Bible in Small Steps. The podcast feed is up. We are starting today. So it already is released on the first day. And here's the gist of it. I'm going to go through the Bible one chapter at a time, three times a week, which is Monday, Wednesday, Friday, so that you get a chance on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday to read along. This is meant to be a deeper dive. I know that when you do a Bible in a year, that goes pretty quickly. And so sometimes you can't really look up what anything means. I have a worksheet that will go through the RAMPS Bible study that I created. And I'm going to help you analyze, which is the A in RAMPS. But I hope you're interested. Again, it's called the Bible in Small Steps. On a side note, I'm having some work being done on my web hosting. I'm moving to a new web host and having a better service. And so there's going to be some kerfuffles going on with my website, which means show notes. Maybe the podcast won't download when you're trying to download it, but download it again. It'll be fine. It's just going to be like a week or two in order for everything to get settled. So I appreciate your patience. And remember, our walk to a brand new you starts with small changes or small steps.